Okay, hello and welcome to the Michael Mamas Show. I'm your host, Michael Mamas, and we're coming to you from Mount Soma, USA, home of the Sri Sameshwar Temple in the mountains of Western North Carolina. Uh, today we're going to talk about, I forget where I first heard this, but I went online and there's a lot about it, about uh, Harvard University, and they elected as the chief chaplain, I guess they're like, at least in one of the things I read, there were 65 chaplains associated, affiliated, maybe they're professors or whatever at Harvard. And they all vote to elect the uh, chief chaplain. And the guy they elected is an atheist. And uh, there's a lot I could say about that. I think the first thing I would say, well, first, obviously, you know, That's not along the lines of my thinking, <laughs> you know, but uh, at the same time, I have a certain uh, amount of uh, empathy uh, for that. I, I, I can kind of understand it. And so it's not just even that group, though. It's um, pretty much another pandemic, if you will, that's uh, kind of permeating our nation and the world. Um, these days. And uh, so I think a lot of people just, they can't buy religion. And I've said in previous podcasts how I like listening to these uh, Christian radio stations when I'm driving my car and uh, the things they say, because on the surface level, and this is how I'm empathetic with uh, these chaplains, on the surface level, what they're saying, it just makes sense. And what the um, these sermons on these Christian radio, and not just Christian, but all the different religions are saying, it's like, man, you know, if you just take it on face value, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, so that, but what I have found is that there's a deeper meaning to those words. And uh, to me, that deeper meaning has just been lost uh, to the vast majority of um, people who are atheists, non-believers, and also to many people that you know deeply believe in God. Uh, and I thought I'd go through a few of those. Um, well, one was interesting, you know, with the, the world, the way it's in such chaos and it's such a mess now. And, you know, we talk about the border. We talk about China. We talk about North Korea and, you know, the whole list of things. Uh, and one evangelist I saw, this was actually on a television commercial. He said uh, the only way out of the whole mess uh, that we're in is, is through God. And... Uh, you know, on face value, I can really understand how uh, that atheist chaplain, perhaps, or, you know, the, so many people in the world who've turned their back on religion, they hear that and they say, well, yeah, what What does that mean? You know, is, is some guy named God there? And if we appeal to him, he'll fix the whole thing. Or, you know, just what does it mean? And they can't, and they just can't buy it. And I mean, on face value, you know, I can, I have a certain amount of empathy for that. I can understand that. But the, the thing is that 
what happened, I think, is that, well, first of all, until very recently, it, it made no sense, which I find interesting because people just through feeling, they feel it in their heart that there's, you know, a higher being or whatever you want to call it. And uh, they're so devoted to that. I mean, they built these huge temples and labor and labor to do it. So there's kind of like an inner knowing, even though there's no real ability to, you know, explain it logically. So I think that's, you know, what even these chaplains are missing is they don't see the, the human mind that we have a right and a left brain. We, we are logical and we also have deep feeling. We feel into things. We sense things. And really, our evolution, our growth, a big part of our growth is about the integration of the heart and the mind. And uh, for a long time, you know, the intellect kind of was a place that we just let it kind of go to sleep when we got religious or spiritual. And uh, it got to the point then where, you know, well, it's through God. And uh, yeah, okay, but, you know, what does that mean? Well, now with the deep understanding, it's also in modern physics, there's, there's, there's the understanding. There's a unified field. There's a basis for all existence. It's a source of all the intelligence, harmony, coherence that birthed this incredible universe. And it is the source of everything. It's the source of you. It's the source of me. It's that place deep inside our being where we're one with everything. And it's the source of all the intelligence and harmony that created and sustains this whole universe. And if we can tap into that level of our being to whatever degree we can tap into that level of our being and let it well up through us and through all of humanity, uh, uh, coherence, harmony, all the problems in the world, we become more intelligent, we become wiser, and our actions become more responsible and more in harmony with nature. And, uh, and what is that one thing? Well, from a objective perspective, as an object, it's the unified field. But that's not enough. I mean, objectively, what am I? I'm, I'm a bunch of protons, electrons, and neutrons. But that's not how you relate to me. It's true, but that's not how you relate to me. Because what I really am is the personified correlate. And like that, there's a personified correlate to the unified field. And, uh, and that is what we call God, you know? And so turns out, yeah, this guy, he's right. You know, the way out of the mess is through God. If we could just bring more coherence and intelligence and harmony and wisdom into life of all the people, everything would just straighten out. And uh, uh, so many things, uh, like, for example, they talk about faith, you know, have faith in God or have faith. Do you have faith? Do you believe in God? It's based on faith, belief, faith. I don't buy it. Uh, from the feeling level, the heart level, yeah, we can sense into that. that yeah, there's something there. But see, the heart and the mind work together and one supports the other. One also helps clarify any distortion in the other, any superstition that might creep in. And so when we start to use, have the ability to use the intellect, the mind and integrate that with the feeling we separate the wheat from the chaff all the all the superstition and stuff melts away and also 
probably in this day and age, maybe even as importantly, is that we start to develop a rationale and understanding that makes sense because we live in an age where things have to make sense. And uh, just to say, well, I have faith, I mean, to a, to a rigorously analytical, scientifically minded person, faith, I mean, are you kidding? You're gonna have faith? You're just gonna, because it almost implies blind, blind faith, and it just doesn't work for people. So what we really need is, and it's so available, it's so radically available. I mean, this is what I teach in my classes. I mean, it's years I can lecture about this in perpetuity. There's so much knowledge, uh, which is why I like the Vedic tradition, because there, there's a very, there's certainly the feeling level and all about the personified aspects of God, but uh, there's also a very rigorous, very incredibly rigorous scientific, if you will, understanding, reasonable understanding, logical understanding that all comes together into this unified whole that makes so much sense that now you, you get to the point where it's not based on faith. It's based on knowledge, knowledge of, that the heart has and also knowledge that the mind has. Uh, and then so many things like uh, trust in the Lord. You know, what does that mean? Trust in the Lord? You know, you know, the Lord will take care of me or whatever. Well, now we understand that there's that deeper level of intelligence and harmony and coherence and wisdom. And by trust in that, we mean we can rest into that. We can rely upon that. We can find that within our own being. And that, that sorts out so much. It, it provides us with the intelligence, the wisdom, and all like that. Uh, oh, and then there's other thing like... Eye for an eye. You know, on one level, it's like, eye for an eye? Are you kidding? What does that mean? But the deeper understanding of that is, is this idea of karma, this idea of cause and effect. For every action, there's, there's an equal but opposite reaction. That's just basic physics, you know? Uh, uh, and that's a law of nature. That's... And if you want to speak in terms of God, it's God's will is that he created this universe that's a causal universe for reaction. There's an equal but opposite reaction, an eye for an eye. But there's also, see, the other facet of that, and this comes right out of Heisenberg's uncertainty principle in physics, that there is free will. And free will can affect that. And, and uh, the more you're in line with that deeper level of being that... Um, a source of harmony and coherence, that one thing that's a source of everything, it, that is a field of infinite possibility, of freedom, infinite freedom. And so now, yeah, there's cause and effect, eye for an eye, but there's also free will. And those two things are like two aspects of God's will, you see? So then things start to make sense. Uh, the whole idea of being born again. Well, we can understand being born again on different levels, you know? Are we born again because we... Uh, have an emotional upheaval, or what does born again really mean? Well, uh, in the Vedic tradition, there's this temple I went to in uh, the Himalayas. It's called Jageshra, and there's like 108 temples there, I guess, and uh, small, but, you know, all together in a cluster-like, and I went into, not all of them, but a number of them, and the idea then is that um, um, there are 108 different awakenings, Levels of awakening to what? To your true nature, which is what? 
divine nature, which is what the unified field, which is what God, that's what it means. You know, God dwells within, we're all one with God, you see? And it's physics, but to relate to it as physics again, only is not good because the, the personified value is what really gives it meaning. They asked Einstein, can you explain a, a sunrise in terms of pure physics? He says, yes, you can, but if you do, it loses its meaning. But nevertheless, to understand the physics deepens our understanding, particularly when we start talking about things like the unified field. Uh, is Jesus the only way? Well, that's another one. What does that mean? Jesus is the only way? You mean before Jesus was born, nobody went to heaven? You know? <laughs> uh, but if you mean by Jesus the Christ, and if you mean by the Christ, you mean the unified field, uh, now it makes sense. Why? Because there's only one unified field. It's the one thing that's the source of everything. And it's the only way of awakening to your deeper nature. So again, we start to get it understanding so that it's not like well if you're not a you know this denomination or whatever of this religion or that then you know you're you're out of luck no it's it's understanding the deeper mechanics that underlies all these different religions and there's so much like that there's so much like that and once you get on to you know the the basic premise of this the basic understanding of this and start working with it and that's why in my classes, I go at it from different angles, explain this, you know, like that, like that. Uh, at some point, there's different levels of awakening. And it's like the light bulb goes off. It's like, oh, yeah, it does make sense. And isn't it so much better to have both the heart and the mind component? And now when we get into an emotional thing, if it's um, in distortion, we have a rational ability to say, hey, you know what? Um, some of that is just superstition. Uh, we have to be humble about it because the knowledge is deep. But uh, uh, there is an understanding that's there. You know, they talk about um, Christ. And if you look at language, they talk about Krishna. Christ and Krishna, from a linguistic perspective, are both derived from the same thing. Uh, and Jesus... It's actually quite beautiful. Lord Jesus, in the, the uh, New Testament was all written in ancient Greek originally. And Jesus means, in ancient Greek, it means the healer. Now, isn't that interesting? Because we're not just talking about healing, you know, a cut. We're talking about healing of the awareness, healing of one's being, healing on all levels of one's existence. And, and what heals that? Waking into your own true nature, waking into that source of the coherence and harmony, what in the Vedic tradition they would call Bala, uh, life force, uh, and allowing that life force to well up in greater levels of purity. Uh, uh, and that's what heals. I think I mentioned in one of my podcasts that I had a good friend, a Chinese doctor, he was famous. He was old at the time he's passed away, but, but uh, he once said to me, I don't deal with disease. He said, I deal with health bring out more health and that's what a healer is and that's what the christ is you know it's that level that is the source of all health you know uh, now i've talked about the phase transition and that we're in a time of phase transition from an age of you know just look what's going on in the world you know all the conflict and 
terrible things. And we're, and we're in that period of transition now into a, a golden age, an age of wisdom, you see. And uh, I think a lot of people kind of fo- focusing these days, understandably, on, you know, the border or, you know, China or the virus or, you know, all these current event things that are just seem so, how are we going to sort this out and what's going to happen to our world? But the transition is going to happen everywhere. It's a phase transition to a golden age. And I've talked about how when you take water and you cool it down, once it gets to 32 degrees, you know, it gets, as it cools down, it gets more coherent, the molecules and everything. And then at uh, 32 degrees, once it gets colder and it transitions into ice, it becomes crystalline, which is a lot of coherence in its structure. But there's a period right at that transition moment. It's called a phase transition uh, where it goes from water to ice. It's a period of tremendous chaos. That's where we are now. And I don't think you have to be a a nuclear physicist to figure that out. Just watch the news. We are in a period of ridiculous chaos, really. But But if we have a deeper understanding, if we can take a look back, it's a phase transition that permeates everything, including spirituality including religion. The head chaplain, the chief chaplain of Harvard University is an atheist. (laughs) I mean, I think I explained how I understand that and how I get it, but my goodness, um, that's right up there. Well, I don't know if I want to, I was going to say that's right up there with God is dead. Are you kidding me? You know, (laughs) that's like saying, I mean, the unified field is the stuff the universe is made out of. It, it's, it's, and even if you look at the manifestation of existence from the perspective of modern physics, it dwells beyond space, beyond time. In that sense, it's eternal. Uh, uh, and so the idea that it could even die is just ridiculous, you know? But again, we need a deeper understanding of these things. And, and it, in that way, it starts to make sense, you know? And then they talk about, well, you know, actually there's a cute uh, quote that I got out of the Bible I kind of liked, Mark 10, 15. Verily I say unto you, uh, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. What does that mean? A little child? I mean, are we supposed to be like, no. What that means is that, you know, when you think of children, they're, they're then why one reason we just love them, little babies, is they're completely unprogrammed. They're completely um, not identified with this perspective or that perspective. And that's in a in, in state of uh, where you're really one with God. What are you one with? You're one with that source of all perspectives. That source is open. That source with aligns with a perspective, not because they've been indoctrinated into that perspective, but because on a feeling level, from a level of wisdom, from a level of intelligence, it's the perspective that best serves the moment. That's what it means to be a, as a, a little child, you see? And so, again, we look at these quotes, they make no sense. But if we understand this, uh, it all starts to make sense. Tremendous sense, you know? And that's one reason I really like the Vedic knowledge is because it goes into such deep rigor of the understanding of all of this. And it's such a profound knowledge handed down from the Rishis, you know, uh, uh, 
fabulous. It's, it provides a rational understanding, but it also makes the heart sing, you know? Um, so this idea, when, see, once you get onto this, then this idea of, you know, do you believe in God or are you an atheist? Do you believe in God? Well, at, at one point, once the understanding becomes deep enough and rigorous enough and complete enough, not just the heart feeling, but also the mind, the intellectual understanding, uh, that question, do you believe in God? I mean, that's like saying, uh, do you believe in arithmetic? I mean, arithmetic just is. I mean, it's just, um, uh, it's an understanding. It's not something based on faith, you know? It's perfectly logical and irrefutable. You know, two plus two equals four. Do you believe in two plus two equals four? I mean, come on. And so it becomes like that. Um, so in, in, a, in, in one sense, then, we could say that spirituality, religion, faith in God, if you will, uh, starts to become a matter of how clearly you can articulate the underlying mechanics of the whole thing, the mechanics of creation, you see? And, and uh, then so many questions that people have, they just, the, the answers just start to fall in your lap, not based on faith, but it's just reasonable, you know? And, and, and see, that's why, that's why I built Mount Soma. That's why we're building Mount Soma. There's a technology, and it's technology. Prayer, you could say, is a technology. Uh, but there are different levels of prayer. And it has the function to do with how fully integrated prayer is, not just with the heart, but also with the mechanics of creation. And that's where this whole thing about, you know, mantras and yajnas and uh, pujas and... Uh, 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 meditation and all these things, there's a, it's, it's just completely consistent, but just offers a, a deeper understanding of the actual mechanic of prayer. And as the prayer, as the mechanic becomes more in harmony with the nature of life and the nature of existence, it becomes more powerful. And uh, um, uh, I call it Brahma Maya. Um, uh, <laughs> Vishwakarma, the, the architecture of the uh, universe. We start to understand the architecture of the universe, and within that knowledge is an understanding of how to architecturally construct uh, what they call an enlightened city, a, a, a place. And that's what we're building at Mount Soma, a place that radiates that value out to the whole environment, purifies the atmosphere, awakens people just by its very presence and operation to deeper and deeper levels of their own being, their own awareness. You know, we're going through a phase transition. It's not that we're necessarily going to have even new thoughts, but it's going to be a whole new way of thinking, a wiser way of thinking, a deeper way of thinking, a way of thinking that is in harmony with nature. And if you want to say in harmony with God, and now hopefully... An atheist, if they really listen to what we just said, to say in harmony with God isn't some something that, oh, well, you know, how can you prove God? But it's an understanding of the scientific perspective of what God is. That's what's happening 
We're in that phase transition right now. It's permeating religion. Spiritual leaders are atheists. Uh, uh, it's all going to change for the better. And I'll tell you, a lot of people who are contacting me and say, oh, the world is so terrible. What's going to happen? We're terrified. We're afraid to move. People are afraid they're going to have a heart attack. And should we move out of, you know, a lot of people, a number of people have written me and said, should we move out of California? It just seems crazy. You know, uh, things will be better. Uh, you have to act wisely and intelligently to get through this period of time. But uh, it's not going to last forever. And uh, I'd say in less than a few years, you're going to see huge changes. It could even happen in a few months. But we're going to see huge changes to a golden age. This is the phase transition. And I have been predicting this and lecturing about this. And where did I get that? Well, it's in the Jyotish. It's in the uh, numerology. It's in the Veda. And it's also just in common sense, if you just look at what's going on, this cannot continue. It's just too nuts what's going on in the world today on so many levels, everywhere you look. It's just too crazy. It will change and it will change fast, you know, and that's what we're about. And with uh, Mount Soma, it facilitates the transition to come about more quickly, more smoothly uh, and more harmoniously, you know. If, if we approach this phase transition period really, really wrong, and then you're talking Armageddon. If we approached it really wisely and had this unified field generators built, Mount Somas like that, it would have just been smooth as silk. And now we're something in between. It's chaotic. We all know that. But it's going to be fine. Uh, and I'm not just saying that because of my experiences now. It's something we've known for decades. I've been lecturing about for decades. And here it is, just like I said, you know, and it's not about giving me all this credit because I just study the Jyotish, I, Jyotish, I study uh, the, the teachings from the Veda, and it's just right there. It's nothing new. It's just the people that, I guess, it slipped through the fingers, you see. All right, Scotty, uh, I know Adrian's not with us today because she's at her son's university. It's Parents' Day, I guess. But uh, do you have anything you want to add, Scotty? No, I think you did a good job of covering yeah, that. Yeah, I think we pretty much covered it, you know. Oh, you know, they talk about, I guess, these atheist chaplains or whatever, talk about moral fiber. And they teach more about moral fiber than, and morality than, you know, religion. Well, where does moral fiber come from? It comes from resting into the divinity in your own being, that source of infinite harmony and wisdom. That's the source of morality, you know. Uh, all right, I guess that does it then. If there's nothing else, Scotty, we will close for today and we'll talk with you all again next week. Thanks for listening.